What are the most prevalent types of fraud today, and what does it take to fight them? Hi, I'm Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Alan Bachman. He's the Education Manager with the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners. Alan, thanks so much for joining me. Not a problem. Just to get us started today, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and your current role with the ACFE? Well, I started as a, basically a general ledger accountant right, right out of college in the early 70s and uh, discovered uh, a number of odd occurrences in the organization I was working in and, long story short, found that I had a proclivity to uh, just uncover fraud. Uh, I was finding seemingly finding fraud everywhere I looked, and it uh, got me a reputation as somebody who was uh, worthy having on board, and I was recruited out of that organization into other organizations, and I was primarily used to uh, uncover and uh, investigate and prosecute fraud. Now, after all those years, I uh, became education manager in the last three years here at the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners. I had been a member since 1993 when I was uh, officially certified as a fraud examiner, having 20 years of experience behind me, and I've been working uh, with this organization ever since. Now, as I understand, you've been fighting fraud then since the mid-70s. I uh, have yeah, a little earlier than that, but absolutely, yes, in a, a variety of forms for a variety of organizations. So how have you seen fraud schemes evolve over the years? It's, uh, fundamentally, it's technology. What people used to do manually using a white, let's say, whiteout and uh, by altering documents to pick a, a fundamental fraud, um, they now do on computers. It's a very, very technological savvy society, and as a result, the frauds have evolved technologically as well. What uh, the uh, issue of computer forensics is a huge one now for those investigating fraud because uh, resident artifacts on a computer that can contribute to an investigator's uh, work are not as easy to pull apart as what I used to do, which was just paw through file cabinets until you found uh, evidence that you needed to make your case. What do you find to be the most common types of fraud that you're seeing today? I think, well, our report to the nation, 2008 report to the nation, pretty much shows corruption as the number one uh, fraud. Bribery and corruption are, are huge uh, because of the volume of uh, money involved that is uh, is available for that sort of thing. Uh, what uh, what we also are seeing is uh, billing schemes where we have fictitious vendors, people creating uh, false uh, employees. Uh, there's skimming, of course, where you are uh, altering the books in order to, uh, to steal cash outright. There's massive financial statement fraud, as you've seen in the uh, in the media. Uh, Ponzi schemes are getting a lot of press these days. Uh, it's a lot of the same old frauds that have always existed. They're just being done in new and creative ways. Now, Alan, tell us a little bit about the association, please, and the type of work that you do there as a group. Well, we're a member services organization, um, and there's a number of these types of organizations, not just for fraud, but for other professional um, uh, societies. And what we do is we were formed in 1988 by Joseph Wells, and he came up with the idea that there was no one really, no one group really looking into the issue of fraud. So he created this organization. We now have close to 50,000 members worldwide. We're represented in 125 countries. We have about... Half of our membership are certified fraud examiners. The others are associates and student members. Uh, and we are 
working with a number of higher education institutions to get fraud into the curriculums, into the business management curriculums. Um, so we've been uh, working with those types of organizations. Our membership includes everyone from external auditors to internal auditors, law enforcement, federal, local, state. Um, we have, interna as I said, international members who are also uh, part of our organization, uh, private investigators, insurance investigators, uh, bank examiners, uh, uh, risk pe uh, people, and compliance people. So we have a, quite a diverse group of members in our organization. Now, I know as education manager, you've conducted training sessions for national groups. You've taught college courses. What would you say the types of training are that you typically offer and to whom? Uh, well, we offer to all the groups that I just mentioned and then anybody who might be interested in our training. We don't restrict it. Anyone can come to any of our trainings. We do a number of uh, training seminars throughout the country. We also hold conferences um, in a number of uh, places. We have an international conference in um, uh, we hold once a year. This next year is going to be in Washington, D.C. We have conferences in London, uh, Australia, and Canada. But we also hold seminars, one- and two-day seminars on training, mortgage fraud, banking fraud, financial statement fraud, uh, interviewing techniques for auditors, conducting internal investigations, or just some of the courses that we offer uh, to people to, so they can build their skill set and uh, have these tools available for them when they do uncover a fraud. I've got to think that the enrollment in these classes isn't getting any smaller these days. Uh, no, not at all. Um, and people, we also find that people will come back to a course uh, more than once just to keep the skills sharp. Um, it's, you can never get, uh, I think, too much training. You can never have too much background and support in, in what, you're, what you're going for. As I mentioned earlier, the computer forensics is also another big topic in our seminars these days as uh, fraud examiners are trying to understand exactly the mechanics of how these, this works and how computers store data and store information and store uh, evidence that they may need in their investigation and how to get at it. Well, that's a good topic, and you've touched on this to some extent, but I would be curious from your historic perspective, what do you find to be the biggest challenges in fraud detection and prevention today? Probably awareness. Um, certainly in terms of prevention, creating a, an environment and an organization where people are aware that management is watching, management is concerned, that management is going to actually take action in case they, uh, they do come upon a fraud, that there is um, uh, uh, an ethical tone at the top that's set so that people can look, uh, look towards management as this is the right way to do things. What the other one of the other big challenges is when a fraud is uncovered, most of the frauds are uncovered not by auditors and not by fraud examiners, but they're uncovered by uh, whistleblowers, tipsters, people who have you know had the moral courage to step forward and say something's wrong here. I think something's going on here. I don't know what it is, or I do know what it is, but I want to tell somebody. And those that's the number one, far and above uh, number the number two and three slots the way frauds are uncovered, people coming forward. And that takes a certain strength of character. And a lot of frauds, frauds by, fraud by its very nature is hidden. So a lot of fraud goes uncovered until somebody steps forward and say, I just don't get this. This doesn't make sense. And then an auditor or a fraud examiner might step in and start looking at that based upon, the, uh, based upon that tip. Yeah. So the biggest challenge would be getting people to come forward where they, when they see something wrong. Interesting. A follow-up question to that, if I may, Alan. 
We hear an awful lot this year about the insider threat and how that is heightened. And I guess what I'm curious about is, are we as professionals trained more to look to the outside for fraud and might miss what's happening underneath our noses, so to speak? Nobody really likes to know that a fraud is occurring under their noses. Uh, I've had I've had uh, fraud um, victims in complete denial when you when you show them all the evidence of what has been transpiring and what has been transpiring for some time. Where I've actually asked, may I? You know, we want to do a full investigation. You know, can we pursue this? And they are so in denial in the it can't happen here that it's 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 hard to understand. People should look within their own organizations. They see fraud on the outside. They wipe their brow and think, "Who? It's not. Ha- it hasn't happened to me." But as I said, fraud is hidden, so they're not going to know it. It's not going to. It's not going to show, uh, rear its ugly head, uh, as obviously as one might think. I think in a, uh, owners of organizations, managers of organizations, uh, shareholders, uh, and the public need to keep asking questions and keep pushing for accountability. And I think in that way, you'll, you'll make a fraud harder to perpetrate. It won't go away completely, but it'll be harder to perpetrate if there's, a, if there's a heightened awareness. Now, you've talked about how fraud has evolved. I'm curious about how the requirements to fight fraud have evolved. What would it take for a professional to join the field today and do what you started to do 30-something years ago? Um, as I said, I more or less stumbled into it, but a lot of these law enforcement people who are assigned to white-collar um, Crime units—they uh, need to be trained. They need to keep their skills set up. They need to—they need to be a pace with those people who are committing frauds. If the people who are committing frauds are more savvy than the people chasing them, then they will get away for a longer period of time. So, the, you, a constant training mode is, is need to be established for anyone who's fighting fraud, whether it be an internal auditor, an external auditor, or law enforcement, or, or whoever. They need to be uh, fully apprised of how the frauds are committed how they're being committed today, and what are the tool sets that they need in order to continue to, to stay one step, I want to say ahead, but in, in effect, you're one step behind the fraudster. But one step behind the fraudster is pretty close. As one of my uh, colleagues always tells me, every time law enforcement builds a 10-foot wall, the fraudsters build a 10-foot ladder. <laughs> well, that's... That uh, that's uh, that's an uh, interesting uh, comment, and that reminds me of a, a quote that I once heard in a in an old comedy routine where they were talking about the great train robbery, and they were asking Scotland Yard about the mastermind behind it. And the spokesman for Scotland Yard said, "We prefer not to refer to them as masterminds; it depresses the men." <laughs> Alan, one last question for you. If you could boil it down, what advice would you give to someone that's looking to start or, in some cases, restart a career in fraud prevention or detection? Well, if you're if they've got a, a business with clients right now, they can create they can help create the awareness. They can offer services to them so that they can uh, get their foot in the door to do investigations when an organization encounters fraud. Not all organizations have auditors. Not all organizations have the internal skill sets that are required to investigate a fraud of the of the uh, 21st century, if you will. And those types of teams and those types of skill sets can be readily trained on and learned, but not every organization can afford to have that kind of uh, team available to investigate a fraud. So an organization that does consulting services, that does advisory services, financial advisory services, might want to look into building a skill set that 
includes accounting forensics, accounting forensics, digital forensics, um, and some investigative skill sets that uh, go beyond their their norm of let's say tax auditing or general accounting. Alan, I very much appreciate your time and your insight today. Not a problem. We've been talking with Alan Bachman, Education Manager for the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.